Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I am excited. I'm, I'm thankful for what Jesus has done in my life, but I'm thankful for what he's spoken into my life and others too. And that's why we're on the series called Words to Live By. We've all heard things and, you know, people have said something like, you can take that to the bank. And I was like, well, if I did, it might bounce on me. I don't, could have happened. Or there's things that people tell us that you, you can stand on this. And, and the fact is, the truth is, is there's really one word that we can stand on. It's not going to change. The word of God is not changing. Uh, the, it said heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. And so I want to, I want to lock into that. And, and we're specifically looking at how Jesus did what he did while he was on this earth. Now, I know when I mention the name Jesus, we're still trying to figure it out. It's like a, a honeymoon couple that just get married and they just said, I do. And you go, I do. And you go, I do. And then you realize a few weeks later, like, what did I do? And you go, oh, <laughs> I said I do. And I'm like, but I don't know what I did. And, and you start trying to figure out who this person is. You who are you? And you're like, this is not the same. And so we, you begin to, to, to work through and you begin to walk through learning each other. The same thing's true with Jesus. When you accept him, when this name, when he, when he's mentioned, you begin to grow in that understanding and learn as you spend time with him and other believers. And so it's important when we look at these words to live by, we study who he is and what he said. That's what Hebrews 12, 2, we've been standing on that and it says this, Hebrews 12, 2 says, keep your eyes on, who is that? Jesus. I don't know about you, but I many times have a tendency to get my eyes off of him and onto other things or other people. Like, anybody here ever heard of that term called ADD or ADHD or all these things? And they did not have that stuff when I was young. There might have been a label or two. I don't know. It could have happened. But um, many times we get distracted. And it's, it's important for us to keep our eyes on the one that matters most, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Like he was walking on this planet like you and I, living, breathing, dealing with real life situations that you and I go through, tempted in every way, but never gave in. And it says, study how he did it. Like, look, how did you do this? How did you, when somebody got in your face, how did you not just go ahead? Hmm. How, when people were, were giving you a hard time, how was it that you were able to, you know, when you were pressured to do something, you didn't give in? And it goes on to say, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He understood, I'm only here for a little while and I'm going to do it well. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get distracted by all this. I'm just going to do what my father says. I'm connected this way. My daddy. I'm going to do what my daddy wants me to. And he goes on and he says, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside of God. And he's making, he's making intercession for you and I. And so as we looked at these words to live by, Jesus made seven statements while he was on the cross. And let me say, all seven statements he lived by. The words that he tells them there, he was already living them out. And so the first one we looked at a couple weeks ago was in, um, it was in Luke chapter 23, 34. I don't have it up there. But it was where Jesus said, Father, the very first thing he said on the cross 
as he's hanging there dying from a beating he didn't deserve, bloodied, ugly, and I've gone into detail. It's just really, there's nothing that's depicted how bad he was beaten. But he looks out, the first thing he says is, Father, forgive him. I mean, they just beat him mercilessly, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He had already been doing that before. Like one of the first instances we see him healing a guy. There's this, there's this man who was paralyzed. Some of you know the story. If you want to, you can look in your Bibles. Not, we're not going to go there this morning. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and Luke 5. But this guy's paralyzed and his friends are going, we're going to go get, Jesus heals people. We want to get him there. We're going to help him out. And they get to the house and the house is full and they can't get in there. And so then they thought, hmm. The roof. Let's go to the roof. <laughs> Man, I don't even know what would happen. So they go and tear a hole in the roof and decide, let's lower him down. We're going to get him there, y'all. Come on. And he gets. they go through all this trouble to get him there. They get the guy and lay him right in front of Jesus. Poof. Now, don't you know everybody else in that room like, and those outside, y'all, y'all ever been in a line waiting to get somewhere and somebody does something and kind of, whoop, they get in there like, and you get all mad like, how dare them? And you go, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. And you know, there were other people probably wish they did, but he gets, he drops him in front of him and there's religious leaders trying to be there with him. And this is what Jesus says. He says, your sins are forgiven. And they're wondering, the religious are like, Who, who's he to forgive sin? Now my thing, my thinking, my mindset is, think he wants to walk but jesus saw something more important and said no if he gets up and walks and there's nothing happened in here it ain't gonna work out well for him he's liable to do something and mess himself up real bad so he said first i want to cleanse this then i'll take care of the walk the religious leaders looked at him and said they were thinking they didn't say it they thought it of course jesus being jesus they thought to himself who is he to forgive sin But then he said, so that you may know, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. And he said, just so you know, I got the power to do both. Get up and walk. And he did. So I'm saying to you, he was already practicing your sins are forgiven. And he was saying, forgive them. And I'm telling you, that's one y'all want to listen to. It's a couple weeks we got CDs and we also have it online. You need to forgive other people. Unforgiveness holds you bound, not them down. It, It doesn't do it. And so I challenge you to do that. And then we, last week we looked at the promise of paradise. In Luke chapter 23 verse 43, he said, truly I tell you that today, talking to the, one of the thieves on the cross next to him, I mean, they messed up royally and then they show up here and Jesus, they're sitting in the middle. And one of them just simply said, one of them's giving him a hard time and telling him, you know, if you're the son of God, man, get us down here. Get me out of this mess. And then the other one looks and says, hey, I don't, man, what are you giving him such a, he's done nothing. We deserve to be here. He doesn't, he didn't do anything to deserve it. And he told Jesus, remember me. That was his prayer. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Do you know how many people struggle with paradise? Thinking they've got to be good enough to get to heaven. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you haven't, Come to that place yet. It's only by what Jesus did. If you're trying to be good enough, mm -mm, it ain't going to happen. You can probably be as good as you can. 
Jesus already settled our eternity. He said, I'm committed to you. Matter of fact, if you want a scripture, I don't have it up there, but 1 John 5.13, it's one that I personally, the very first scripture I ever memorized when I gave my life to Christ. And the only reason I memorized it, I shared with y'all last week, where my own mama said, you can't know for sure you're going to heaven. I was like, what? I can't know for sure? Like, I'm supposed to go through this life and do stuff, and then, and then at the end, God's going to say, Poof, sorry, you don't get to go. And it said, I write these things to you, my brothers, to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Why? So that you may know you have eternal life. Man, can I tell you something? That'll set a person free just going, hold it, everything else I do down here, anything that comes, Corona, What? I'm going to, I love what Paul said, to live as Christ, to die as gain. If this thing were to take me out, I am, by the way, my son's right, I'm, I'm over 50. I know that will shock some of y'all. It ain't that funny. Some of y'all. I am over, and I do have a compromised immune system. I had a kidney transplant 16 years ago. And by the way, I just went last week, week before, and everything looks great. The doctors still go, man, what are you, just keep doing what you're doing. 16 years. It's a beautiful thing. But I'll say this, that um, no matter what happens, if to live is Christ, to die is game. And I've already told y'all, if y'all ever hear Mark Linton, something happened and he's out here, you just, woo, because that's what I'm doing. I'm not saying, y'all might go, oh, I'm like, y'all, okay, y'all can take a little, oh, but... But then you go, wow, that's where he's at. Woo! I want to be there. So I'm just telling you, it's a different perspective when you're living not for Jesus, you're living with Jesus. And he's living within you. And so I just want to challenge you. So that was the promise of paradise. Well, today is our third um, words to live by. And it's a powerful one. Because Jesus is hanging here on the cross. He just took the worst beating ever. Most of his disciples that he walked with, that walked with him for three years, they're nowhere to be found. And then there's a small little group of people, three women and one man sitting there at the foot of his cross. And one of them happened to be his mother. And he makes a statement, and it's found if you got your Bibles, you can open them to John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. It says, when Jesus saw his mother there, And the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to her, woman. Now, I know in southeast Georgia, you make that statement, it might not so go so well with you. It's like, woman. It's like, whoo, I don't know if I said that to my mama. I was with her yesterday. I was like, whoo, I said woman. But if you look at the context it was said in, Actually, there's two things that took place with this. When he said, well, back in that culture, it was a very well-respected thing. It was a, a really, a, it was honorable to say, woman, you, you were esteeming them. And so he actually esteemed them. And then, you gotta think, he just got beaten within an inch of his life. He's on his way out. And he didn't say, hey mama! Because everybody there that just beat him, including the soldiers, we already had one disciple that took off because he, he didn't even want to know, he didn't want to recognize. No, I wasn't with him. I, don't, I wasn't with him. He'd already had one disciple deny him three times earlier, just a few days earlier. I mean, excuse me, just a few hours earlier. And he's sitting there and he goes, woman. 
Like honoring her knowing that, hey, he didn't have to tell everybody that's my mama. I know we do that. That's my mama. But he's like, woman. So he's honoring her, but he's also protecting her. And he says, here is your son looking at John. And to the disciple, here is your mother. So now he uses the word mother to John. He didn't say it for himself, mother. But he says, this is your mother. He didn't say it to mine, it's your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. And he cared for her. So this morning, we've already looked at um, about the power of forgiveness. We've already looked, already looked at the promise of paradise. This morning, we're going to look at this thing called take care. Because Jesus wants us to take care of some people. This is what this was all about. He, in his dying moments, still was very much involved and very much aware that, hey, my mom is going to be here. And somebody... This is the only one. I don't know where James was. I don't know where his other siblings were, but they were here. And he recognized when you'll go through something like that and you'll still stand there. You know, you ever been through some stuff, really hard stuff? It's the people that walk with you through that. You're like, come here. I want, I want to get a little closer. I'm going to hang on to you. you. You'll go through some rough stuff with me. I ain't letting you go. It's those that take off every time something is rough and they take off. You're like, Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't want to know if I want to trust that one. So, so he's sitting here and, and it, they take care. So they're taking care. This is what I want you to look at. This message called take care, dot, dot, dot. And so um, the, very, the very first thing I want you to think about, just like Jesus, the very first thing he told her to do was take care of his immediate family. Like we have all types of people we connect with on a regular basis. But he's, he's talking here about our, his immediate, this is his mother, blood kin, and saying, I want, and there's also some other indications that maybe uh, Mary's cousin, actually that there was a distant cousin with John. But in this instance, he was saying, I want to make sure my immediate family's taken care of, my blood relatives. And that's important for us. This is what the scriptures say about it. Jesus even said he was in an argument with the religious leaders of his day because they were accusing, they were upset with his disciples because the coronavirus. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> no, it didn't have to do with washing their hands. <laughs> Just so you know, even back in that day, they were washing their, I don't got time to go into all that, but they were not washing their hands and doing what they were supposed to do, the ceremonial stuff. And so he, he gets on to them and they're like, hey, you ain't even, they ain't even, wa- your disciples don't even wash their hands. Y'all wash y'all's hands so people don't say y'all, <laughs> y'all do that. But he gets on there and so there, he's saying, you're worried about them washing their hands. Look at you guys. Let me tell you what you're doing. He goes on and tells them in, uh, in Mark chapter seven, verse 10 through 13 says, for Moses said, honor your father and mother. Like we're supposed to honor them. And I know, there again, I said it earlier a moment ago about sometimes our moms and dads do things that may not be honorable, but I still can honor them. doesn't say based on them. I get to choose to bring honor to somebody. Matter of fact, um, Paul wrote that love covers a multitude of sin. Not saying it's okay, but we still can bring honor. He says, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. He said, but you say that if anyone declares that what, uh, 
that what uh, that what might have been used to help their father and mother is Corbin, or that is devoted to God. This talks about money, y'all. And he goes on to say, he, he tells them, oh no, then you will no longer let them do anything for their father and mother. Check this out. What they were doing, the religious leaders of their day, they were saying, hey, mom and dad's in trouble, but you committed to pay this for the temple. And they're saying, Mm-mm, forget honor mom and dad. You got to give that to us. Forget them. And, they, and Jesus said, you nullify. You absolutely nullify the word of God by your tradition, by what they did. He was saying, look, honor your mother and father. Honor those things. And he said that you have handed down and now, uh, and you do many other things like that. He was upset that they'd taken the word of God and were using it for their own profit. Instead of serving people, you can't even help your mom and dad. So then he goes on. Again, in Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.8, it says this, Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and by that, and especially for their own, from their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's some pretty strong words, y'all. Like, look, if I ain't taking care of my own. So, first of all, he wants us, like he did there, Jesus told John, this is your mother, Woman, this is your son. Take care of our immediate family. Then we're also to take care of those in the uh, in our faith family, is what I like to call. Take care of those in our faith family. Or I like to put it this way, our forever family. Like, y'all, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're going to be together forever. Some of y'all, that's a good thought. Some maybe not so good. I don't care. I like it. <laughs> so we're going to be together forever. And so I call it our forever family. Like we're going to be in heaven for all eternity and we're supposed to take care of each other. That's why scripture said Jesus put it, um, excuse me, Paul wrote it this way. In Romans chapter 12, 5, he's talking about the body. He says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Like, hey, we all make up the body. Every one of us. It's a beautiful thing. Matter of fact, also in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul wrote to the church there and it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. But then notice what he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Or another translation says to the household of faith. And so we're good, we want to do good to all, but here's what we got to be careful not to forget us. That we, man, I love you. So we got to make sure that we are helping take care of each other. And then the third thing, third person or the third group of people we take care of first, it's a media family, then faith family, and then take care of those in our community family. Like, I don't know if you know it or not, and you may not like the idea, but wherever you live, you're a part of a community. You may choose to say, no, I'm not, but you are. (laughs) If you're in Brunswick, Georgia, this is your community. And some people, the young people, especially, I can't wait to get out of this. I can't wait to get out of this place. <laughs> Anybody ever been there when you was like, I can't wait to leave. I want to leave this place. I said, yeah, to go to another place, another ball of dirt with people on it that are about the same. Some a little different, some a little better, some a little worse. <laughs> so I can be there and say, now I belong to this community. So we're supposed to be engaged in our community to make a difference. We can't just go and say, well, I've got my immediate family. We've got our faith family. It's us and forget everybody else. The church for too long has not been worried about the people outside the door. 
And we do want to honor. I honor and I respect and love everyone. But we do have to look out for those who aren't us. Otherwise, we can uh, we can get things wrong. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, this is a big one. Let each esteem others better than himself. When's the last time you thought of somebody better than you? Men, this is a rough one. I'm better than him. What you talking about? <laughs> we want to size people up. We can go. I can run. I can jump. I can play. We've got to be careful that we don't try to build ourselves. We want to build others up. And it starts in the mind. It starts in the heart. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. It's important that we keep this in mind. First Peter 5 Six and seven says this best. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And it says this. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Let me, let me, that, that's going to my next one. But looking after this. Okay, yeah. So this is what this does. After we look after our community of faith, it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Now, let me... Real quickly break this down. Because we're going to look at this word care. That's what Jesus said. Take care of your mama. Mama, take care of your son. Do this together. Those are two words that mean completely different things. One of them, care, it means this whole thing of of a distracted, my anxious thoughts. Like you got cares that you're worried about. Like some of y'all this morning when you woke up, you went and looked in your closet and you went, ah, <laughs> what am I? What am I going to put on? You worried? Some of y'all are like, I don't care. I'm just gonna. And then some of y'all, you had to, you get your hair just right. And you was just sitting there like, mm, you spent a little extra time looking. You had to get it all just right because you was going to see other people. And you're like, I can't let them see me just any kind of way. And so you took a lot of effort in there. And so, and, and not just that, but there's a lot of other cares. Like in our society right now, there's all of these anxious thoughts. And that's what it means. Anxious thoughts. Like I'm worried about what people, I'm worried about what's going to happen and I'm worried, am I going to get this? I'll say this. I see some people that have more faith in getting the coronavirus than are not getting it. <laughs> They're trusting God. Yeah, I'm going to get it. It's going to be bad. It's terrible. It's going to be bad. I already got it. It's almost like they're believing. They can believe God to give it to them. I can't believe God for keeping it from me. I'm just telling you, we walk in faith, not fear. We've got to be careful that just, yeah, it's out. It is real. And it has killed people. It is real. But at the same time, Jesus is real. And if we use, if we use honor, we use respect, we use wisdom, we walk in faith. And so, the other cares, so yeah. So it's pulled in many different directions. That's what that one care is. Anxious, not sure of what's gonna go next and what's happening. The other one, he cares for you. That's that's a totally different. So you got all this stuff. I got all this stuff going on inside this other one that's pulling me in all directions and fear. And oh, no, and this could happen and this happened. And then he says, no, 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 cast all your care. And by the way, this is one of the disciples. He learned it well, like he was he was in a boat one time and it got really bad. And they began to cry out, save us here. This was a fisherman, Peter, writing this. And he was in a boat. With Jesus, and Jesus is asleep in the stern, and they're scared. Ah, is it Jesus? And he's asleep on a cushion. 
And they're scared. They, you talk about direct. And they go wake him up. Oh, don't you care? Don't you care? We're going to die, Jesus, and you don't even care. You're here sleeping. And he said, Jesus woke up and said, what? Y'all wake me up. Peace, be still. The wind and the waves. Then he went back. Okay, y'all, let me go back. No. <laughs> he, he was once saying, hey, he understood that he really does care for you. Like I was in this storm one time. You know, you, you tell, so I was in the storm one time and the Jesus was here and it got crazy and I'm no, you, I know waves, but then I thought I was going to drown and die and he just got up and rebuked the He'll care for you. He'll take care of you. So when, when Peter says he'll take care of you, this is where he is actively working in and on your behalf. Jesus is actively working in and on your behalf and he's attentive to your needs. He hears. Amen. So here we're going to go real quickly through this word called care. The first first letter is C. Here's an acronym real quick. C is for compassion. And this is something we're missing right now. Some of y'all thought C was going to be for Corona. It's not. It's for compassion. <laughs> Some of y'all. It's for compassion. Jesus, matter of fact, in Matthew 9, 36, he had just gotten out of the boat out of that incident. And he said, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Now, let me say to you, and this is a word for today for us. There are many people who have all kind of theories and stuff. They're throwing around about what's happened and who did what and how this came about and what they're trying to do with it. Let me say this. This virus is... It, it, it's not, it's not sitting there. It doesn't have a mind of its own one. I'm going after that one. And you go after that one. It's a virus. It's just going wherever it can get a hold of. And so we've got to be careful that we don't lose sight of people really do need help. That these are people and we got to honor them. He said, when he saw the multitudes, please do me a favor. Don't look at this simply through politics or look at this through, through, through uh, the, 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 the scare and the fear of it. Look at it as what it is. Man, there are real live people that are struggling right now that have contracted it. And like any other, and let me say, it's not like that's the only one. Like anybody else. Y'all, this, this, this two days ago, while, while everybody's really tore up about Corona, at, at, I, I get up early about five o'clock outside my house. There are many, and many of y'all called me about it, but there were about 10 police cars out in front of my house. There were two fire trucks, two ambulances, all out in front of my house. My wife and I, I'd already got up, she walked out and she said, what's going on? I said, I don't know, there's something going on over here. And they were all there, it was for next door. I finally walked out there, because normally I'm like, I'm letting them do, I can't go in the middle, but finally, about 30 minutes later, I said, I gotta walk out here. And so I did, and this precious little girl next door. It's a young couple, uh, fairly newlywed, been married about a year. I walk out, and as I'm talking to her, she goes, I said, Shay, what's going on? And just out of her, just crying in tears, she goes, Mark's dead. Her husband passed away. She said, I found him in the backyard. And so as I'm sitting there hugging this girl, there was no corona. There was no anything. There's, it's real. People's lives matter. So we've got to be careful we don't get caught up and we don't, we lose compassion because of our own prejudice. We gotta make sure that everybody we look after, 
And this precious girl, I got to meet with her again yesterday. It was the first time she came back. And, um, man, I can't even imagine her world. And we're going to be doing something later. I'll let you know as it unfolds. But this, this young man, 20 years old, just playing around. I, I have no doubt I knew him. I've worked with him a number of times, helped him out. Uh, he was an incredible young man. That's all I can say. A young man trying to lead his family, trying, just bought this little house for him. And now we've got this precious girl that's having to try to make life. I mean, they were so excited. They bought the house for my son and daughter, and, uh, my son-in-law and daughter. They, they bought it from them. So compassion is key, y'all. We can't lose compassion in the midst of what's going on. And then A is for action. Once you have, once you see, Jesus said, look, when I see past what's going on, I actually look at people and I recognize they need help. I've got to do something about it. I just can't give lip service. And that's what um, James, the brother of Jesus, said in James chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? And that's what my son was talking about earlier. It's like, look, we can have faith, but let's have deeds of how we can help other people from, from this disease from spreading or helping other people in the midst of it. I can do that. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. That's what he says. And look what he says. goes on to say that if any one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about it, about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself it's not a, if it's not accomplished by action, it's dead. We've got to put actions to our compassion. It's one thing to have it, but then I've got to do something. And so I'll say this to you. Let me help you. You and I, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And so you got to say, Lord, what can I do? I don't have to do everything, but I can do something. And then R, after we have compassion and we have action, I believe respect. And this is one that, Man, we've got to respect other people. We've got to say, well, I, I, I choose to connect with you out of respect. Not if you think the way I do, if you say the way. I'm going to respect you as a person, and I'm going to, I'm going to be there. And that's what Romans 12, 3 says. For the, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in according with the measure of faith God has distributed to each of you. As a matter of fact, I like what the message says about this. It says, I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. He says, living then as every one of you does in pure grace. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. In other words, when he says don't think of yourself as highly, more highly than you ought, think in a measure of faith. He's saying, hey, don't think like I'm bringing some good thing to God. No, 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 no. I received, y'all, everything I have, I got from him. I'm freely give, freely receive, freely we give. He goes on. This is what it says, the message. I'll finish with that. It says, no, God brings it all to you. Like everything I have, everything you have, whether you acknowledge or not, it came from him. The wisdom you have, the abilities you have, the ability to create wealth, whatever you've got, it came from Him. The only accurate way to understand ourselves 
is by what God is and by what he does for us. Not by what we are and what we do for him. Respect. When I understand who I am and I understand who God is, man, it gives me ability to go, when I say I am no better than you are, I am no better than you are. It's, it's not a, it's not a hierarchy thing. It's a serving. Compassion, action, respect. And then finally, what you can do with that is you can expect. Y'all, we gotta begin to expect God to do great things in and through us. I, I believe this. I believe that people's expector, that their expectancy has kind of gone down. You ever see a, a woman that's pregnant? Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, you women that I, I, I've never experienced that. I can't, but, um, praise the Lord. Um, it's a God thing. But when you see a woman who's expecting, there's this glow. We call it a glow because they're expect, they know. I mean, they're getting kicked all the time. It's like, hey, look at this. This precious little one is growing in their belly. And there's an expectancy that I'm going to get, I'm going to get to see the reward. The, I can't wait. We got one right now. I ain't going to miss any names, Anna, but we got one right now. I'm waiting a little Esme. I'm like, I can't wait to get my hands on that little girl. We expect, we've got to begin to expect to do great things, for God to do great things for us. Psalms 62.5 says it this way, my soul, he's, he's talking to his soul. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. And nowadays you need to start talking to yourself instead of everybody else. It said, my soul, soul is what he said, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Sometimes you got to say, soul, my mind, my will, emotion, uh-uh, wait silently, hush, hush soul. Don't go running crazy. Stop. My expectation is from him. I expect him to do great things in me and great things through me. And finally, I leave this with you. Don't let, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, at the proper time, we will reap. It's going to happen. You can expect it. It will happen. And I'm saying to some people in here this morning, you've been weary. There's people running all over the place. People, I don't know what happens while you go and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> have to go run by a bunch of toilet paper. I don't know. Y'all forgive me. My son, we, we talked about her. We're talking to somebody that raised two kids on cloth diapers. Y'all hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Stuff washes. I don't even know. <laughs> Let me run over. I got to have it. I'll just say this to you. We've got to be careful. We got to, we, we've got to say, God, I, I want to, I want to be used by you. And in this culture, in this stage, for some of you, you're allowing fear to grip you and take you places and keep you places. Look, we want to be wise, but at the same time, we want to be wise. We can't just say everything that we read. It's kind of like when the hurricane was coming. I mean, there's a hurricane. It'd be five days out. Like, oh, we got the hurricane. It's like it's coming right now. It's here. And I'm saying it may or may not come here. It may or may not come here. But if it does, we'll be ready. If it does, we'll be ready. We're not going to walk in fear. We're going to walk in faith. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. If you would, bow your heads. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I do thank you for your precious people. Thank you for all that you've done and continue to do in our lives. Lord, in our midst. Lord, I pray for those who, for whatever reason, because of sickness or because of the, the, their, their self-quarantine, Lord, I thank you for blessing them right where they are. I thank you that, Lord, there's no limit, there's no bound, there's no, there's no space, there's no time, there's no distance that your presence is limited to or limited from. And so, Lord, I thank you right now for releasing, Lord, your presence to minister your life to them. And, Lord, those of us here in this room, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, we can walk in faith. Lord, I thank you that you've called us, that we can take care of, of those immediately right around us. Our immediate family, Lord, our faith family, Lord, for, for our community, Lord, use us to make a difference right here in this city, God. Lord, I thank you for it. And I just, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just wanted, I want to ask a question and maybe as, as I've been sharing, you go, Mark, I don't have that security you're talking about. You act like, uh, like, man, you're, you're not worried. I'm not. And it's not because I don't think it's real, but maybe you've never surrendered your life to Christ. Maybe you're living in a way because you've never experienced the grace that God gives, the the power of His life transforming you on the inside where you have another power operating, not just your own power. And this morning, I'd love to pray with you. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you never committed your life to Him, You've never experienced His life. I would love to help you do that this morning. And I'm going to ask you if that's you, and you'd like me to pray with you, or and then pray for you, I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up wherever you are, and I'm going to pray this morning in just a moment. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. You can stay, yep, I see that. Anybody else? I'm not going to ask you to come up here. You can stay right there in your seat. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yep, thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you, Lord. This is the way I give it to you, Jesus. I'm giving you my life. And Lord, in return, I receive your life. Y'all, if, I, if you would, I'm going to ask those that would like to to pray with me out loud. Say, Father God, I recognize I've said things, I've done things that have displeased you and has hurt others. But I, I choose this morning as an act of my will to surrender my life to your son Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again and you live in heaven praying for me. I give you my life and in return, I ask you to give me your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, stop just a second. Praise the Lord. Let, just let that sink in. Jesus said, if anybody comes to me, I'll never cast them out. You just asked him to come and he's there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Jesus, that you are keep your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, I do have something. Um, I was out in Jacksonville yesterday and on your way out this morning uh, I'd found some I was out shopping I found these little cups and and I even texted my son and others and it says fear not 
God's love shines bright. Then on the other side, it says, God's love shines bright. Fear not, for I am with you. Isaiah 41.10. And sometimes we need a reminder. And and so what I did, I took them home. I've already soaked them and, and washed them and did everything. I was like, I went by the CDC website. I said, what do I got to do? They got to have a little bleach, got to have this. I took it in hot, got to be at a certain temperature. Took it home, let them sit there. My wife, she came in the kitchen. They're all over the counters everywhere. And she goes, do you, uh, did you find a, a, a vacation Bible school that had some leftovers? I said, I don't know, but I tell you what, at this time more than ever, we need to remind ourselves he's with us. And so here's what I want you to do on your way out this morning. We're going to, we're going to sing and bless you, but on your way out, you please feel free to take one or two of those, take them. The elders and myself, if you're sick, we want to pray for you. So we're going to do that. If you have sickness in your body, um, the elders, those who are here, we're going to anoint people with oil. We'll be up here at the front when you dismiss. And then also, before you leave, we have um, the ushers. We want to give those an opportunity to give your tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, if you'll raise your hand, the men will see that you get one. That's just for the people here. This is for our family. They'll give you one of those. And um, I know some people give online. And then what they'll do is they'll just be standing at the back. And uh, if you want to, you can make sure and, and bless the Lord with that. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. You be blessed. We'll be here if you need prayer. We'll be here to anoint people with oil. And you be blessed. And, and don't forget the text thing. We'll keep you updated on what's going on. You go out. Make a difference, all right? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.